2: Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our fifth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and for some reason I turned into David Frost for the first three words of that. And you are tuned into the flagship show, available each and every week on video and audio. So, for a sometimes irreverent, always informative hour or more of football conversation, make your Monday... A blue Monday. Hello. Good evening and welcome. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do a very good David Frost. I, like Lloyd Grossman was easier. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Richard Woodward.
3: Morning Ben. Morning. It's morning for us.
2: It's morning. So, yeah. Voices
3: are deeper. I've I was shouting a lot yesterday.
2: My Had voice is always days, very you know... very manly and deep. That's not true. Now I'm off to Bristol city today, so we're doing this now. But hey, um it will be out a little bit um earlier. Um which might be a good thing. We'll see we'll see yeah. what the feedback is, Rich, yeah?
3: Yeah, it's a chilled out vibe. I like the beanbag analogy from last time. So <laughs> we've got the beanbags out, we've got the coffee out as well. So uh oh, nice. Yeah, we'll just chill out, it's Sunday morning. We we'll won a game.
2: Let's gradually chill. we'll gradually hype up. So um Richard, you're you're back on the on the flagship for the first time this season. Um tell us about the preview show because we um we gave everyone the news about Harry and I guess people are worrying. What's going to be happening? What is generally going to be happening on the preview show um, this coming season? How, how is it different?
3: How is it different? Uh, let me tell you how it's the same, and then you can work out. Um,
2: <laughs> Richard, so, big clue. They want it to be the same.
3: <laughs> they want it to, yeah. Guess what, guys? Like the intro music, things change. Um, we already had kind of in mind...
2: You've mentioned the intro music. You've drawn attention I'm to I'm it. I'm just now,
3: trolling. I'd, oh, l- I'd just love to stare it up a little bit. The morning, Olimar. This uh, this music's <laughs> dedicated to you. Um, yeah, so I think before the, um, before the end of the season, I think we'd had a conversation. I'd had a chat with Harry as well about we knew that we couldn't sustain kind of the big chunky preview anyway because the source material just wasn't out there Um, and I was conscious of kind of how he was putting in the work anyway Um, and that's kind of obviously kind of a factor behind his decision to kind of just be a supporter this season which obviously we support and we obviously wish him all the best and hope that he makes a reappearance maybe as kind of a just as an analyst just to tell us what he sees because he's always got the expert eye along with the research he's he knows his stuff he's been watching football for years so um all the best to harry um but we were going to kind of condense that preview thing down a little bit and i think to your point as well as about our our knowledge of league one being not as good as the championship i think it was a little bit of us figuring out as we went along and kind of giving our views and analysis and that kind of stuff as well um so uh, it will be a similar format to this show. I think we'll, we'll probably have a little bit more of a chunkier um, review of the game coming up. But similarly, there's a lot of Tuesday, and Wednesday games coming up now as Saturday
2: well. Saturday,
3: Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Check a trade. F. Mick <laughs> up. Um, I don't know who that was. That wasn't Mick. That um, uh, was
2: that was a bit more Mancunian. That was it? a bit.
3: More, oh, oh, I can't. But do I'm more. cleaning windows. All um, oh, my so, turn
2: into Ringo Starr very quickly.
3: Hello there. Yes, I can do that. Um, Thomas the tech. Um, this is the Sunday vibe. We've just too chilled (laughs) out and this is, we need to, we need to get this back. So I think, yeah. Um, i think we'll probably have a chunky preview segment in this show but we'll have more games to talk about and also because we've got a big team you and i were kind of i was doing a little bit of a spreadsheet jiggery poker with everyone to kind of allocate the shows and stuff and we've got instances where all six or seven of us are available and then amy might do some northern correspondence stuff when later on into the season and you've got to get all of those people in there as well
2: selection headache
3: that is a selection headache for certain days, though. So for August, I have the opposite. I have an Ipswich centre back selection headache of oh, unavailability. We're all going so on midweek holiday, shows aren't we? you're going on Holiday. I think stats are on Holiday. Dave's away for a bit. So me and Joe will be doing the frequent flyers, I think, on the midweekers. But um yeah, it'll be good. And I think we'll all learn you about James the-
2: Wilson the- and Luke Wolfenden then.
3: No, well I'm I'm Paul Lambert. I'm the one who's <laughs> I think it all And you guys are like the Marcus Evans who just doesn't want me to have another guy in the preview show or the midweek show. So, uh, no. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think it'll be good. And I think we'll have a bit more rotation. I think you might chip in for a few of the hosting gigs and Mikey might come along as well. So we'll, we'll, it'll be a little bit more of a consistent offering and we're not going to try and replace Harry with anything either. We'll try and cobble it together ourselves, but chat a bit more broader maybe. And um, and just a thought, uh, just an extra thing for me as well. Obviously, we wish Harry all the best as well. The one thing that I, I wish I'd kind of done is a highlights reel of – the kind of pre-chat that Harry and I used to have. So we had about 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> Did 50 you film minutes. that? I, I, only for the levels to make sure the video is working <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, Harry was a perfectionist and kind of, you kind of worried that he was putting too much effort into it. So he definitely deserves the break. But we had so many great chats, just him kind of figuring out, how how do we play it, Rich? How, how Do you want to go through the team? And oh, this guy, we need to talk about this guy and... Yeah, that was the, kind of the best bit of the show for me. The, I just let him go for it in the preview shows. The 10, 15 minutes beforehand was great where we had our little pre-chat, our tactical chat, and then you just unleash him to the world and he did his thing. So hopefully we will be back on the pod before the end of the season. But certainly, as as we were saying, give him a tweet, say thank you, but um, give him his time and give him space and hopefully he'll be holding court in the away end at Bristol Rovers as well in March maybe. We'll see him then. You will. I,
2: I went to journalism college in like the year 2000 or something and we had to learn shorthand and it was all done on words per minute and you had to like get 110 words per minute how many words per minute do you reckon harry could do that is at his best in one of your preambles 700
3: wow. yeah and <laughs> and even at the live show you know he was he had meticulous notes and he was riffing off and he was like yeah 100 miles an hour riffing. so yeah well um yeah
2: um before we get to this weekend though rich just talk to me about um pre-season because there's, um, there's a few things happened since friday you were at Notts county in cambridge weren't you not colchester mm. but um what were, what were your feelings just um given those two pre-season games and then coming in before press conference and um certain transfer stuff that we'll talk about in just a moment
3: yeah um i came away from the games um not particularly excited about the season ahead i'll be honest um i think the, the thing that impressed me most was was dobra was one of the highlights of it um norwood i think you could tell immediately what nord was about as well um holly is, is someone that i picked out as well as uh, it, we me and joe kind of did a jokingly name our burton team which was more or less personnel wise was right um but those were the kind of the three things that i'd picked out garbert eh, it was right um but I think the thing I was looking for was against Notts County and Cambridge particularly, who are teams non-league and League Two, who we should be looking to dominate and boss. And whilst we had spells of the games where we did that, I just didn't see enough of that to convince me that we would go into Burton at be a team to dominate matches. I don't think that's a problem necessarily, knowing what I know now after Burton. Um, but beforehand, it had concerned me a little bit that we'd smash Colchester. Um, and we then only scored one goal between Notts County and Cambridge.
2: Interesting. Um, Well, Let's move on to this news, and then we'll get to yesterday's action at Burton. But before then, um, injured striker, ACL injured striker, Freddie Sears, signs a new deal to 2021. We had one for Dylan Crow um, the week before. Did well for Paul Lambert. Seemed to be, you know, in a shower of awfulness. The only player who kind of sort of played to or slightly above his level um i don't know whether there's anything in um lambert and sears working well together or um you know everyone else was just so bad that sears just stood out um (laughs) thoughts on that decision and i mean look i'm sure we're going to do loads on systems and um whatnot and how fred might fit in with that but um part of the furniture now and certainly well liked and seems to have as we've got worse he's become more and more important hasn't he um your thoughts on him being given the new deal to 2021
3: yeah i I, that's positive news um and he's flexible as we've seen and I, i think we certainly you i think were an advocate of freddie's when everyone was saying that he's not he's not up to it or he's not a forward anymore. He's been pushed out wide and that's where he should be. And I think, yeah, he grew into the season last season, the Reading game. I remember he was really excellent away cracking old Villa as well. That we, we watched as well from the home end, which was always nice.
2: What was um, the XG for that one, Rich?
3: Wow. Exactly. Right. We, we bloody love the XG. <laughs> um, so yeah. Stop so I now. think, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm just trolling this morning. this is good. Um, I, yeah, good decision. I guess my only, incl- my only thought at the time was, um, uh, why now um i know positive, we're looking for positive news going into the new season but what transpired on friday in the press conference and the fact at that point we still have had a gaping hole at centre-back made me think well yeah great you signed Freddie Sears on a new year. that's that's good for him and he's deserved it and we need to look after him as well because he's injured but where's the bloody centre-back where's the right back um that was more of a pressing concern for me at that point but overall a good news i guess
2: well, one centre-back that's been on the move, Richard, is Adam Webster. Maybe, maybe we could have um, joined the bidding war for him. So Adam Webster, ex of Ipswich, um, off to Brighton for, well, it's undisclosed, but um, most people are saying $22, 22. Million. Um Just give me your thoughts, because um, two things really. One, um, I mean, to be fair, Dave and Joe had this pretty much from the word go that he had a bigger upside than the championship um, i I didn't um, I, I can't jump on the bandwagon now and say that i predicted I predicted that. Just give me your thoughts on Webster's time at Ipswich and really, this type of transfer um, I know I've done hours ranting about parachute money, but is this the reason why? Marcus Evans eventually got swallowed by the championship that he never managed to have one of these type players, uh, a McBurney or a Madison or a Webster on his books for the big sale out. Is this the reason why financially after 17 years of three teams coming down with 45 million that Marcus Evans eventually got swallowed? So two things there, um, your memories of Webster and, um, you know, that kind of side of it financially.
3: So I think you, you always stick out, don't you, as a ball playing centre back, um, particularly at championship level. Even
2: at the top level, Rich.
3: Yeah. And, and I think what, because you get automatically identified as the next John Stones, don't you? And John Stones went for silly money to Man City. Um, Will park assessment of his career at the moment, but as soon as you are a centre back that's big and physical, which he was tall, isn't he? He was decent enough in the air, um, could take a, a long dead ball as well, two footed, I think as well. I think you, I remember you saying Bristol City away last season. You're watching him doing drills where he was kicking the ball with both feet um equally well. Like so
2: pinging it, not just
3: hanging it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cross field passing and all that stuff. And I remember those diagonal balls that he used to play as well. So he. There's two things there. Firstly, um, naturally gifted football. The other question, as you kind of put it, is how far do you go? Secondly, the injuries were a factor, I think. Well, come on. Well, you talked about injuries on the last show, didn't we? So let's not, let's not open that one up again. But... I th- you're right. Going to your next question about Marcus Evans and, and transfers and stuff like that, the, the wonder is whether we'd kept Webster for another season rather than cashed in for the relatively low £3.5 or whatever it was, would we have got £22 million from Brighton? Well, I suspect we wouldn't have. Um, we might have stayed up, possibly, with better players in the team. But we just feel like we've plucked these lower league players, 800 grand or whatever it is for Webster, and then do we sell too early? I think that's probably a factor. Or do we not do enough to let them realise their value? And you don't know whether it's luck or timing, but we just never seem to do it, do we? And and 22 million is a big difference to a team like Ipswich at the moment. It doesn't make a huge amount of difference to Bristol City. You can spend 10 million every transfer window. It's, it, yeah, it's, it just feels... The, the sale at the time felt... A little bit panicky, though you could justify just around if he's only going to play a third, two thirds of the season, maybe. But it just typical Ipswich, isn't it? Goes off to 22 relief for Brighton just uh, a season later. Is, you
2: know. I I just think going forward now that it's it's changed for second tier teams, and it was always hold on to your players. You know, don't sell your best players. And I even um, saw one of those things with Jose Mourinho and. Obviously he knows more about football than anybody, so I'm, I'm not going to question him. And he was saying sometimes the best signing is who you keep, you know, who you who you don't sell. And I've been talking to like Luton and Barnsley fans, and obviously Luton sell both the fullbacks, Justin and Sacy. I think they got about 10 million. Um, and this is this is Luton we're talking about, not um the great Ipswich town. Barnsley sold um, Pinnock and the, the other fella to Stoke, whose name I've forgotten, but the two centre-halves for five million quid. And I'm, I talk to their fans and say, no, this is actually what you've got to do now. Because there's if you want to get anywhere near, like, um, say sorry to make this championship stuff, but it does come back to what Marcus Evans has to really do if we get back to the, the championship. But you look at Bristol City now, um, Brentford, and Preston and they managed to bridge that bridge that gap by selling at the top and um, yep. look, we spoiler we've won one game but if he does get back literally the only chance unless you have uh, Norwich or Sheffield United rise unless you build a team lower down and keep it for a season in the championship the only way to really you know quote make Ipswich great again is you, you have to recycle and sell players at the at the top of their top of their value and taking yeah. these taking these big fees and it just struck which we me. don't though
3: do we because we you look at Waghorn five million for Waghorn three and a half million in hindsight for Webster too low you know we this is the trouble this is the the paradox of Marcus Evans which is We've got a really shit budget. We ha- we we are not a big club commercially. We've we've always talked about that. So you're desperate for the money in the first place. You probably try to eke as much out of it as you, as you can. But I think our I, th- I think I, we set our targets too low. There was no need for us to sell Wacorn last season, was there? And you look at Vidra, who went to ten million. I think to to he, dock, Oh, I that think. was
2: more. That was more than that. Yeah. Was it more? Yeah. You know,
3: comparable players, arguably in terms of I know Wacorn had a bit of a one season wonderness about him, but. You know, I think we probably sell too low because we are too desperate to fill this kind of budget void, and I think that's what holds us back. As soon as the pound signs start to get Marcus Evans' eyes, um, you know we could have held out for we've held out for Judge, which is probably positive. But Ellis Harrison, you know, if the Paul Lambert press conference is that's to be the opened,
2: next moment on the, on, or the like I've segued into agenda. it, but if the yeah. money's gone
3: back to Harrison, why do not we just keep him? Do you know what I mean? And now we're in the market for a striker. That's what frustrates me is I think we set the bar too low to set for the, for the transfer fee and then we end up having to struggle to find someone to replace it. It's just dumb.
2: And just quickly, I mean, you've, you've opened another can of worms there. There's two things when selling, isn't there? There's commercial value and there's value to the team. And the thing with Waghorn was values to the team when literally all your goals were coming from his set plays or assist, his, yeah. his shots. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's value to the team and, and resale value. But I'm just I'm just you know, that that just got me yesterday and um even incestuously in the deal, Brighton take Matt Clark and loan him straight to Derby. Yeah. And I know Pompey developed um Matt Clark and whatnot. But anyway, that does segue quite nicely into a very... When we get
3: on to good positive stuff, Ben? Positive. Uh, we really can't
2: positive. yet because we've got to talk about this <laughs> ridiculous miserable. press conference. So yeah. um, we know Paul Lambert has been very, very good with his psychology and the way he's... Um, Mick was very good at working the press and everybody outside. Paul Lambert's very good at... I don't want to say he's... I don't want to say he's working everybody, but you 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 kinda of have to as a football manager. He's playing to us, you?
3: isn't he? Lambert. Yeah. That's you, the difference. Yeah. You kinda
2: of have to. And he's very good, like you said, at working the the supporters and the the people on the inside. And that's what Harry used to say. Mick kept the Mick kept the dressing room but lost everybody else outside. Um and yeah, I hope it's not the, the opposite for Lambert. So we get to this press conference and Paul is Clearly, his body language is is not good. He's kind of um, he's not looking at Brenner except when he you know s- slams that knife in and then waits for reaction. Bit um, I know, people always ever go at Brenner. He can't he can't win, but um, <laughs> he was in a bit of an awkward situation. And he asked the yeah, right questions. I
3: thought that was good for Brenner. I thought he prodded well. But yep.
2: Rich, he he read it quite well because it was clear after two minutes that Lambert was wanting. To get and this is where I need to watch myself, whether Lambert was a just telling the truth or b whether there was a narrative and an agenda, and he wanted to position himself a certain way going into the season, but we came away from this press conference, and i 'll get your take on it, but my take on it was that um, Lambert once again positioned himself as a sympathetic figure to the supporters um and the the answer that that got me was um Brenner asked about the money and it was well you tell me come on you can figure that out you tell me you bloody Um, know yeah yeah you you know the answer to that and obviously he didn't say it but clearly sort of the the crux of it was the implication that Norwood's come on a free Garbutt's coming on loan Holly's coming on a free um and Wilson's coming on a free and that he'd identified players that he wanted to come um just give me your read on was was he just telling the truth or was this another one of what we think paul lambert's very clever um how he positions himself to the fans um to, to talk about the the timing and and how you felt about that press conference
3: so i'm gonna um i'm gonna uh, do a david diamond answer here in terms of um in terms of your first bit of the question about um, what was it was it posturing or was he just pissed off or what have you? I think it's a bit of both on that situation. I think there's a bit of chess play in there. I think he's, he's playing a couple of positions ahead. And I got the same feeling for the judge. Do you remember when um, the QPR interest for judge first came in? I think he was after Notts County, perhaps. And he, he said, said Ju- judge, wants to, go, judge yeah. wants to go. And to me, and I put this on Twitter as kind of a little bit of a joke, but not 100% joke. The conspiracy theory that basically what Lambert's doing there is preparing us as supporters that judge is going to go so he basically said look I don't want to sell him um the club don't want to sell him but judge has kind of knocked on my door and said look Gaffer I want to leave and um, I don't want to stop it standing this way because he's off to the championship he's in the island squad so it's probably the best thing for all when actually on paper it's like well this is a guy who could tear up league one for us be really important and we don't let him go so I thought that was kind of doing the kind of preemptive PR campaign post-judge if he was to go. And I think this is a little bit for me, either got out of bed the wrong side in the morning or got a parking ticket or something or a speeding fine or something, um, didn't have his coffee maybe before the press conference got in there, was a bit pissed off anyway. Maybe have had a meeting with Marcus Evans either the day before or the morning before and has been told...
2: Evans was there on the Friday, Rich.
3: And he was, I think he was there yesterday as well, possibly, wasn't he? So maybe. Maybe there was a meeting yesterday on Friday that didn't go well. Um, But I think potentially there's rumours that Dazelle didn't travel why that's about. So there might be, we have to sell to buy. He did say that in the press conference. So this is warming us up to the fact that someone is going to go, perhaps, Um, or it's, look, I've got the supporters on side. Come on, Marcus, get your checkbook out. I need a right back. I need a forward. Source it out. And I think it's possibly playing to that. So possibly a little bit pissed off, possibly posturing for something and in terms of how do i feel um having seen Knotts county in cambridge and being underwhelmed um and after last season where we couldn't win a game it wasn't what i needed on friday before the start of the season to get up for the new campaign i was a little miserable on saturday i sent a message to you guys didn't i I sent a message to my mates as well and said I'm not up for this. I'm usually really excited. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not fancying this. We've got a weak team. We've not spent any money. We've lost all the last season. This is going to be a long, hard slog. Um, so it didn't do anything to help me out in my mood, Ben. I don't know about you.
2: Uh, no. Um, I mean, look, if he'd come out and uh, been kind of disingenuously overconfident, we'd have all said, oh, well, you know, calm down mate um it's just strange because you've got three managers that have been there in the past whatever two years two very big names one not big name and they all seem to have it it just doesn't strike me as a club where you 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 could you can just not have to deal with this nonsense and you have Mick on the one um hand who very big name very big um personality who Protected Marcus at every every level and took the fool himself um to the extent of his relationship with the with the fans and you know have your view on that who's paying who and whatever is that right or wrong um then you have Paul Hurst who's not a big name at all who did similarly um
3: he kicked off in august didn't he yeah he did similarly kick off the kicking
2: off in a in a different way but went for the Went for the players, um, arguably who he did get the money that made. But he did landed. say that
3: he did say it was it was slow doing transfer business before the start of last season. He yeah. he, he did come out to the press and say that and it's taking too long or there's something about being down here or whatever the geography is an issue or something like that. He, he, I remember Hurst doing do getting the excuses in early. This
2: this is the thing. I'm not saying Paul Hurst wasn't a miserable failure, but when you look back at some of the quotes from Paul Hurst now in context. A lot of them actually make some sense, um, you know, and have, have been borne out. And then you've got another big name, big player, big personality. Um... Away days
0: are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. win. order now on the McDonald's app. A participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: And again, it's nonsense that you're kind of having to talk about and clear up. I just, I just find it very strange that obviously the common denominator seems to be the owner and the speed of transfers and um, the budget and all of this type of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of kind of not what you not what you wanted but i i, I kind of like the attitude of um because he basically said well, i don't care if you sack me you know yeah. <laughs> and this is it he can walk I, whenever bothered, you know. we know
3: that he, he's done it before he will li- if he's not happy he'll leave we know that he'll do that and and that i guess is my worries that we start the season quite well we're maybe hovering outside the playoffs in january he asks evans for a million quid to to strengthen to to get us up and it doesn't happen. He goes, right, I'm off. I'm gone. And well, this,
2: is the, this is the issue, Rich, is that the better Lambert does, the more stroke he then has with the supporters and the more mm-hmm. empowered he might feel in his brinksmanship with the owner. And well, it
3: worked, though, didn't it? Yesterday, the away end, first 10 minutes of the match, there were two yeah. anti-Mark Evans oh, charts, one, yeah. we'll talk one
4: about them. In
3: nasty bit. than the last. But, yeah. yeah, it kind of worked. It was almost like Trump... Donald Trump and the uh, send them home or whatever you know that it just you know it brings out a little bit of a seizure mentality and as we say it's kind of the opposite because it's it sees mentality with the fans which is on Marcus, get your checkbook out mate and and that's Lambert do he's just got us to do the work for him you know he, he can yeah. say what he wants to the press if we suddenly do the messaging for him it um, gets the job done I'm not accusing anyone of being a trump supporter by the way he tried to knock charts chance just to get that display disclaimer but in we there. believe
2: in freedom of speech here on the podcast if you are a trump supporter then then fine you know you don't whatever good, for you. Um, good good for you no, um uh, yeah, and no. i must just address this rich we I guess people are going to want to come and listen today. And we are now about to talk about our win and all this optimism. We do have to address these things. They, they did happen. And you know, that was the story yesterday and we can't, we can't just ignore it. And we are now going to talk about our 100% um, winning record. So Rich, off we go to Burton. Um, I kind of owe you an apology, but, but I don't really, because you guys that get the train always, you always end up miles apart from me. So I landed my car, um in my just park what does mullet call it car park tinder in my, is it? <laughs> in my just park spot um, he was on like
3: good form yesterday mullet he's taking legal action by the way about the question is questioning or is um Oh, I like his
2: line me. of questioning. I yeah. won't stand up in court. No, no chance. Oh, exactly
3: right. It was a it was a
2: it was compliment, Mullet. Absolutely. Take compliment. Yeah. Absolutely. He asked a good one
3: this week, by the way, but don't, oh. don't read it out. Don't <laughs> don't feed the troll.
2: Um. So take legal action over that. Um. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm like one mile from the stadium this way, and you're the other side. So I didn't get to catch up with you yesterday, Rich. But we were were both there among with loads of um Ipswich supporters there. All the pubs so along the road. or something, yeah. Ball, yeah um ends up with four thousand in the ground and probably 30 40 of them possibly possibly ipswich fans Ooh. um so we've had these chit chats um about systems and about personnel and it Do you owe pre- dave
3: diamond an apology is this it is this the beginning of the four four two apology, Ben?
2: No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I I um I made it very clear on all good. that.
3: all formations are good. Uh, Even. I said Equal.
2: I can't win the argument against you until we have a pattern of play and full backs and centre midfields that can work that formation. And I said, and you know, you can clip this out of the other podcast, there is a scenario that you stick your best players out, you go four four two, you stay solid. Um, yeah, and it turns out that's exactly what we did for 35, 60, 40, oh no, 35, really? 40 minutes of of uh, this game. Anyway, so Lambert goes 4-4-2. Let me g- give you the team, and you can give me your um, your take on on the great debate. And I'm sure we've got lots of questions on how it's actually going to play out when all the players are fit. Um, so Holly in goal, Denassie right back, Wolfen and Wilson. Centre back, Kenlock back in at left back, Rowe, um, orthodox right winger, Downs and Skews, Garber, orthodox left winger, clear midfield four, Um, Norwood, Jackson up front. Um, Rich, most people had the personnel right. Um, It really was just a case of the shape, wasn't it? Yeah. I just, just, uh, the more you ball this down, the more this just. revolves around Caden Jackson and whether yeah. and how you use him or not. But talk to me about the team and talk to me about the system.
3: I got I had a Spidey Senses moment at about eleven o'clock yesterday and I thought we'd go four four two purely because Judge and Hughes and we as soon as I knew Diselle wasn't travelling either it didn't seem to me that where there was enough fit midfielders to do a to have five in there or to a, a two and a three. So I thought he would go for the strongest possible eleven, which meant starting Jackson, and, and so that protect, was my logic.
2: Protecting those centre halves in this first game, Richard. Yeah, well.
3: and it so and it's it's a tight pitch burnt Burn as well, so he can afford to be quite narrow. I thought he would go with that, and and I think that was a sensible thing to do um, in terms of the personnel. There's no arguments there, is there? That's probably as good as we can do. No Emmanuel on the bench, um, so that is that. The end of him is he off on loan somewhere, maybe. But otherwise, there's no complaining about that. The midfield, the central midfield pairing is um, is solid. If I'm spectacular though, Downs had a. We'll talk about Downs. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell, dropping the shoulder every few minutes. There's what um, you want
2: to hold on to, yeah?
3: And and whether the whether Rowe and Garbutt work as a as a kind of on a, in a four or not. Um, I think it worked okay yesterday, but they they required to do more defending. Um, but it's, I I thought it was logical. I, thought I think
2: it... you're you're totally right. I think and and I think the reasoning um, Paul Lambert just did the most straightforward sensible thing, didn't he? he protects the two centre backs. You're trying to bring Hughes back gradually, so you don't expose him. Um, Dazelle's not around for whatever reason, um, and. Oh, I was just going to make another point and I've completely lost it. Uh, Judge, it just doesn't quite fit in a four-four-two, does it? No. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that And a makes little bit sense. of matching
3: up to Burton, perhaps. And this is a theory that I'm going to test throughout the season as well. I, um, It was one of the questions I think you had in the midweek pod, um, is I think we'll change formations based on the opposition as well. Yeah. I think if we think we can win, I think we'll go two up front.
2: Yeah, the football purist in me says you pick a formation and you work the hell out of it and... You, you, you become a, a better team. And this is going to be a theme about today's game. Sometimes you win a game because you're a better team. Sometimes you win a game because you have better players. And yesterday was very much you win a game because you have better players rather than necessarily being a better team. And and this 4-4-2, we're going to learn very quickly. Um, this wasn't total football. This was squeeze up, protect the centre-halves, um, Transition quite quickly. Yep. Try and get Mr. Danny Rowe one on one with full back. Try and get Jackson on the shoulder and try and get Norwood. It was about getting those three players one on one. Early balls
3: up to Norwood, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah. So yeah.
2: it wasn't um okay, let's build out from the back, let's go out to the fullbacks, into the centre, and you know what um in my dream. And in my heart, I want to see in the long run. But hey, I want to see us win. Um, yeah. So um, Lambert got it right because we won. But you might be right that it might be one thing, one game, one thing, the other, and that might be fine. Um, mm-hmm. And we shall see. I expect 4-3-3-1 next week. Oh, there you go. Well, so, and I'm yeah. sure we'll delve we'll into that um, later today and on Wednesday. So um, Burton O'Hara in goal, Brayford right back, O'Toole and Buxton centre backs. Um, Daniel left back, and here's where I, here's my big issues with the the four four two, and you're getting number. So Quinn sits in front of the back four, and Edwards and Wallace quite tight with him. And this is my worry to all the people that go two up front, two up front's great. Um, as this devolves between minutes forty to fifty five or whatever, that's where you lose out in four four two. You get a tight game. And you get outnumbered in that key area in centre midfield. Um, Fraser is—he's off the front, Rich, but he pulls left quite a lot when they realise we're a straight 4-4-2. And
3: I thought it looked like a 4-4-2. They so have you're to saying they moved around cope
2: with that. our width. Yeah, I just thought Edwards and Wallace were tucked really close to Quinn, and I think their plan was to be tight. But as soon as we were wide, um, Nigel Clough's not stupid, is he? They had to. They had to kind of react to that. And it, I, I thought the intention was for Fraser to be closer in. But we pulled him out when we were on top. And then when they were on top, he could come in. Yeah. Um, and it was Aikens and Boyce. So they played a front two. Um, you know, I, I, I get the Twitter comments already coming on. But they played a front two. Ben, how are they dominating in midfield? <laughs> uh, context is all, isn't it? Um, bit of a shaky start. Um,
3: Can I just quickly, really quickly, in terms of context for the win, in terms of League One understanding and all that kind of stuff, Burton will be top half almost certainly this season. You're looking through the team. O'Hara known from United, Brayford, Sheffield United, Cardiff Derby, John Jones Watford, Colchester, Northampton, he's been around, Buxton, bloody centre-back, lumbering, huge centre-back, Derby and Wigan, um, Stephen Quinn in midfield, Sheffield United, Reading, Hull um, and Aikens and Boyce decent strikers at League One level as well. So this is not a, a kind of... Uh, they're no mugs, as Mick was saying.
2: <laughs> and this is an absolute classic of what to expect, isn't it? Some experienced players, you know, your Stephen Quinns and your Buxtons, who not necessarily in, in the prime of their career. The prime of their career might have been up a level five years ago. Um, use you, I say useful League One strikers, um, you know, kind of bustly League One strikers and... Youth players is basically mm. basically what you're gonna you're not gonna get very many twenty four year olds, you know, in the prime of their career swaggering around. Um you might get the odd one, but bye bye to them in, yeah. in, in in January to <laughs> there for three months, yeah. Yeah, to, to Brentford for to Preston or whatever, seven hundred and fifty grand. Um I say Ipswich started shakily. I thought Dunasian was a bit nervous, but mm. with this four four two they did impose themselves and I thought they were the better side um you know, just in terms of intensity and pushing on Brentford, uh, Brentford, Burton, try and get the try and get the press going. But Ipswich nicely up the pitch and um, hitting the front guys. And 11 minutes, um, and I th- I was sat there thinking, 2000, 2001. I was sat in Tottenham, um, <laughs> first game of the season, and in an absolutely brilliant season, Ipswich take the lead after about 11 minutes with a left-footed deflected goal from Mark Venus and I'm like oh, oh, can I draw a parallel to that we
3: finish, finish fifth come
2: on on the, on the be, yeah okay um, take me through this goal then Richard let's take the lead
3: so this is where the predominant threat came down the right hand side so it's it's a nice kind sort of aggressive run from Danny Rowe there's quite a lot of those in the first half he lets it off to Downs doesn't he there's like a little back heel or a step over or something Forces the Downs and Downs takes the ball forward here to the edge of the penalty area gives it back I think to to Garber, I think he's got a chance to hit it early, doesn't he? Takes it across his man and gets a shot off, and it's it's a it's a clear deflection. We could see it from the away and total opposite end of the pitch. Um, but the thing is, it's it's a direct run from Rowe. Downs gets involved as well. You think Downs is more of a central sitting, aggressive, combative midfielder, but to yesterday or Saturday, he was part of spreading the ball out wide as quickly as possible when the ball wasn't going long and direct forwards he was making things happen and turning the ball over and I thought um he was important here the question is whether it's a deflection off O'Toole or Rowe on the way through and I think it's off O'Toole rather than Rowe but a good it, I think he probably had a chance to hit it early or Rowe had a chance to hit it before he then gave it to Garba but, but I think you mentioned it on your video review hit it early that's part of the jeopardy that you know Waghorn used to prey upon last season and yeah Fantastic start. The weigh going crazy, and this is all looking fantastic for us.
2: And this, in terms of the strategy, was how it was going to work. Because I, I think even before that, I think Wilson steps out, gets it out to Rowe quickly. And um, I like Danny Rowe. He's got one trick. Ooh. But if you can if you can get him on the ball, I must admit, I, I'm so biased about this. I prefer him in the half position, a little bit closer. That's going to be way more dangerous um, than... Yeah, a little bit further back or a little bit wider. But that one trick, if you can get, could be lethal, couldn't it? Just get yeah. the ball one-on-one early, run, come inside, go, run. Ooh. If you if you lose the ball three times, but you make a goal every game, you know, that'll do That'll do for me. So I think there's going to be, um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Danny Rowe at the end, but a lot of people ready for him to get a run in the team. And that's what it was. We're not talking about... Mick, um, two lines of four here and just booting the ball into the channels when we say. They were trying to be quick in transition, which I think is different than um, keeping a low block and booting it down the pitch all, all game. Um, and for this first 30 minutes or so, it worked well and that was the... Um, and if David was here, he would say, last year, that would have bounced out and Burton would have got a counter attack. <laughs> yeah, keep would have got something
3: on it. Yeah, absolutely um, right. But sharing a lot yesterday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: there is something to moving the ball quickly, hitting it early, people not in positions and nice nice for I don't know who will end up with the goal, whether um you know, if it did if bounce no, enough. I'll
3: give it to Carbon. But as you say, I think the key thing is that it wasn't aimless it wasn't aimless punts channel. You know, we, were, we were passing the ball to get it to feet for, the, for Roe to break through there. There's a few instances where, yeah, of course, we when we counted, when we counted really quickly, yesterday, I think we'll talk about the possession stats, maybe it wasn't it didn't look good on paper for us. But actually, because we were so incisive when we did get the ball, I think that was okay. And I think probably away from home, that's how we'll go about it. But it wasn't just humping it into the channel and hoping someone runs onto it. Yes, it was those, those possession directed. stats
2: are really going to help us understand the two styles, though, because... I bet the possession four four two is very different to four two three one. Is very yeah. different to Alan Judge being on the pitch.
3: Well, yeah, so it's 35% at half time, I think, well. and it was yeah. 45% in the second half, and Judge had been on for 30, 25 oh, okay. minutes.
2: All right, stand corrected. Um, so, a couple of things. I mean, you've already preempted it. One brilliant counter attack involving a Peter Schmeichel esque claim and throw out to Norwood and switch of oh, play. Um, just it's... talk to me a bit about Kenlock because I felt I was a little bit hard on Kenlock we all all want Kenlock to um, to do well Um, Harry from Bath would say they targeted him and he gave away three four fouls where he would give away the foul and you'd see him look to the heavens and go oh god they, they did me again I know I was in the wrong place for that and then one moment where he gives away the foul and he turns his back on the free kick and they Play it straight through to Brayford. um Just talk to me quickly about Kenlock in that first. Well, Rich, in the period from 20 to 40 minutes, as the game transitions a little bit towards Burton,
3: he got wrong sided quite a lot, didn't he? Uh, uh, my theory is he's just not fit. You know, he hasn't played too many preseason games. That's all I put it down to. Really, he's not. I didn't think he got a massive amount of help from. Garbutt necessarily in front of him nor did i think wilson shifted a over to a little bit.
2: Aikens moving across and Aikens yeah. is a big lump who knows what is, to do yeah, at this level. big
3: unit I, I think it was made, in in hindsight maybe if you get ken knock another preseason game i think he would have been a bit sharper yesterday. i think that's all i put it down to um and maybe as i say, a little bit of um, unfamiliar personal around him perhaps
2: let's i hope i hope you're right about that because yeah it's just um one I think he grew into the game I think i didn't think Danassian started well no, either. I, but he was nervy, yeah, but got better I, I just think you have gotta go with these fullbacks now and um you know just see it through I mean, we've been hoping for it for a long long time but um twenty six this actually becomes a key moment, James Norwood just running around pressing pressing presses Stephen Quinn, draws a foul yellow card, and um this is. <laughs> English football fans love strikers who run around and press and steal the ball. Norwood's way more than that, but um, it, a clear instance yesterday where it already had a had a big a big impact on the game. Norwood's pressing. Talk to me about Norwood's. But was he trying too hard? did Steve say in the in the chat. Um
3: Yeah, a little bit. I, I think there's something in that. I think he obviously wanted to impress. Um, but I think if if he's not gonna get the chances and he didn't get a huge amount of sights yesterday, then he's got he at least he does something else. He doesn't go missing. Um, he'll try and create stuff for himself. Um I've got a mate who who's who lives in Burton who's he's a Liverpool fan. He was sat in the home end yesterday and they have fans hated him. They absolutely <laughs> hated him. When he got booked after about six, I remember the referee pointing them out that you yeah, he had one more after that, and then he got a, he got his book in and their fans were 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 booing him after that. So at least he plays for us. He'll get the chances. I think he's he's a known quantity now, which I don't think works for him. But Buxton was fouling him all over the place yesterday, <laughs> so I don't think that helped. But six yeah, of I'm...
2: one, half a dozen of the other, we may say. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, blue tinted spectacles there.
2: But he do- but he draws the yellow card, which is going to be yeah, key yeah. in you know. I'll do a diamond a- again and say if this was last season. The guy doesn't get sent off, and we draw that game 1-1. One, one. You know, they score some kind of equaliser at the end. So um, there we go. Um, bits and bobs for Ipswich. All counter attacks really. Rowe um, on 33 comes in and shoots, which I like to see him do. A uh, bit of afters. Yellow card for. We showed good discipline, I think, because in all the all the gnarly things, it was Burton players getting booked rather than. Ipswich players getting booked um I thought the game as we came up to half time I I thought Burton were were on top I thought um I thought we started well and as the half went on that switched over the possession stats say they had most of the ball um we had the holy slice goal kick and Kenlock heading it back into play rather than letting it go out and finding his position again but I'm not piling on uh Kenlock. Um, that said, though, reasonably comfortable, would you say? um, yeah. Defensively rich, if not for the territory.
3: Yeah. I. I, I um. We. And this goes goes for the whole game, pretty much up to about 85 minutes. They had a lot of the ball. I think we were quite happy to let them because we were quite compact. And but we broke really incisively and quickly. Um. I think we had more shots on target than them. I think we had more attempts on goal than them despite not having the possession and i'm and i'm okay with that it didn't make for enjoyable watching um but i thought we deserved it half time i thought we deserved it full time frankly um but yeah this there's gonna be games where we just let other teams have the ball we score early and we just sit and that's exactly what it was first half
2: just quick mention for the wolf as well because there was one moment where he um ball flat across the floor going in on the goal he's facing the goal and He's in the right place, and you know that's got own goal written all over it. And he and there's going to be another even better one at the end. Um, Burton, nice snap to their pressing um, as they come out from half time. A big chance here. Um, Holy, who I think we're all impressed with flaps at this one, and Aiken should score this one, shouldn't he, Rich?
3: Yeah, I'm trying to. We didn't start the second half at all. It took us about 15 minutes until we, I think we changed it. Um, it just didn't work. I don't know if that was Burn being up for it. Um, I can't remember any particular chances though. I know we were under pressure quite a lot. Um, you might have to tell me a little about it that. It was that. Remember. It was that
2: one for Aikens where holy flaps and um, he takes two touches and just blasts it over from. Oh the yeah, the yeah.
3: yeah. He tries turn. to go for the corner, doesn't he? I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah <clears throat> I, I think he should score. Just get on target. That. Um, Nord finally gets himself in the book, and you say fifteen minutes. Um, I've got fifty-three minutes when the system actually changes when Stuart Taylor and Lambert come out. They are.
3: Oh, uh, Jackson moves over. Does yeah, they are
2: getting yeah. swarmed here. So, and this this four four two four two three one thing will will run. So, um, Lambert reacts, um. They're getting outnumbered. They're getting outpressed. So, uh, Jackson goes over to the right. Rowe goes into the 10 position. Um, Garbert is the left. Norwood's, um, well, up top on his own, as people like to say. But um, this system looks far more suited to deal now with the way that Burton are playing and, and dominating... midfield. Um, Downs takes yellow on 57. Uh, Some nice football on 61. Jackson with a diagonal. Um, You would have had a better view of this than me, Rich, because I was um, in the cheap seats on the side. Um, Lovely touch off by Norwood. Garbutt feeds it through i thought nor would rush this a little bit he's in behind and he kind of slides at the ball i think he thinks the keepers maybe a, a, a bit a bit closer um, i think
3: that's it i think the keeper comes out quite quick i think that's what puts him off so i think he has to take it early which he does he gets his shot off but he stabs it wide mm. and probably if he holds it maybe he can take it around the keeper perhaps but he, go, he also goes to ground i think Yes, so I think the ball yeah. might have been in front of him a little bit, so he has to try and get a boot on it. So that was close, though. That was that was the first proper sight of goal, I think, for any either of the teams, ignoring defensive foul-ups by us.
2: Mm. Um, Judge comes in for Jackson on sixty-one. Um, so Rowe goes out to the right-hand um, side of the forty-three-one from the ten position. Judge goes in the ten position. Um, again Nigel Clough's not stupid immediately um sticks on Broadhead to kind of match that up and it's more now 4-3-3 against 4-2-3-1 uh Rowan Judge nice combination here Garbutt's shot deflects but it goes wide this time um another nice counter from Ipswich Garbutt away down the left Nord wants this just played ahead of him and Garbutt puts him up, puts it on the roof, although um, I thought Garbutt was good. Um, and then Rich on 77, um, Nor was pressing in the first half gets its reward because um, Quinn should know better here. Slides in from the side on Garbutt. Garbutt makes sure the referee sees that um, he's been fouled and um, red card. And did you breathe a little bit easier then? In terms of us seeing this out when that red card came out, a little
3: bit. My favourite bit of it, and I saw it again on the telly to make sure, is Quinn does the old chestnut of "I got the ball, ref, I got the ball," <laughs> even though I came he through knew. the man. He was gone. He was he a goner. Knew, didn't he? Um, yeah, that did make me feel a little bit um, easier about the situation. But this is Ipswich, you know. Um, you never know, and <laughs> we'll get. We'll, I won't spoil it. What's coming up? But
2: yeah, right. Uh, um, yeah. Wilson's got cramp, so. In theory, he will be available for um, for Sunderland. But Emma Hughes comes in. We're all waiting to see if Skews going to go right back and Danassian goes centre-back. Skews goes centre-back. And... Who
3: called Skews at centre-back on the opening day? Come <laughs> on. I got um, abuse for that. That was a joke. Skews
2: but, yes. are 18th choice centre-back. Um, ends the game at centre-half here. Yeah. Um, Judge free-kick over the wall. Easy save. Sarkic comes in for Akins. So, fair play to Clough. He does try and leave three up. With 10 men, um, which
3: this is the um, the Aiken sub, sorry, is the first instance where I've seen a, the player having to go off at the uh,
2: right,
3: yeah, he has to walk in front of the town fans to go yeah. off the pitch, Aiken's, which
2: yeah, it's I, gonna take... I take
3: a longer walk to avoid the away end, but
2: gonna take um, players a well to get used to that. And speaking of getting used to something, here comes the horror moment, um, if
3: you
2: defending a 1-0 lead and playing with 10 men. So it's all very relaxed. All put your foot on the ball, keep the ball. Um, but what does Thomas Holy do, Richard?
3: So my mate Dan behind me is is getting apoplectic because our supporters are doing the olays at 1-0 away from home. Um, and uh, there's a general relaxed mood. Holly takes about... What feels like twenty minutes to set his feet and to hoof the ball forward or to try and find a pass, and in that time, um, is it Boyce who it boys, closes yeah. it down and um, yeah gets the foot in front of the ball, deflects back and is maybe a matter of it's a foot or two wide, isn't it? And that was the wake up. But probably we needed to finish the game out because I think maybe we were getting a little bit complacent. And Matt Gill. Like my mate Dan is apoplectic in the stands, he kicks over the water bottle, the lid flies off onto the pitch and he's sent off for some kind of ungentlemanly conduct or what have you. But um, not a good moment. But again, the luck, we've talked about the luck.
2: What would David say last year? That would have spun just inside the post, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, Um,
3: exactly right.
2: Yeah, but you're right. Wake up, cool. Um, Lambert does have a good word with him and, you know, says use your head mate you know I
3: thought Holly started the game really well I like and Holly I, I, yeah, and then I, I'm really I behind think he, a, he kicked he shanked out a goal kick in, onto the side of the pitch and I think from then onwards I think he started to he, he started to worry a little bit I think but in the um,
2: main it's a very different experience watching Holly to Bart we know Bart's yeah. like an expert shot stopper but Holly properly comes out and you know, batters about and punches and catches yeah. and, um, good, c-
3: good few Low stoves as well. I get sound quick for a big man. That's a nice cliche. I thought good I'd get that point boy there. There you go. Um, um, his kicks and- are huge though, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. He'll yeah. get an assist this season. Prediction.
2: Well, got one at Reading last year, didn't True. he? True. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Holly might score.
2: He
1: might
2: he score two. Jose <laughs> Chillibert. There you go. Um, uh, judge yellow card on Daniel, uh, he goes off injured. Uh, El Mazzini comes in to row just to try and keep the ball in. Stoppage time. But there is a big chance. For, there's a big chance. That there's a chance for Burton at the end. Corner swung in. Big header at the back post. And it's the Wolf again. Um, reads this. It bounces. And he's so on the really, goal line. Yeah.
3: Easier he, for him to score an own goal here than to get it clear, I think. That's impressive. I, he's in my top three players yesterday, Wolfenden. I'd be really gutted if he doesn't get a chance next week, actually, with chambo um,
4: So...
2: Ipswich um, last out, they get the win. It's, yeah. it's all very, all very strange, isn't it? Um, coming away competitive in a league, winning a game, yeah. holding out, um,
3: getting the luck, yeah. getting
2: the luck. Yeah, very, very strange. After last season, when um, a lot of the times you were going kind of resigned, um, you know, knowing that you were relegated from about. January the 1st onwards um after the Millwall game um have I got this narrative right then Rich that um he played the 4-4-2 for the reasons you suggested we started well scored when we were on top seeded possession and played on the counter um Burton would take in charge of the game but Lambert was tactically flexible and reacted nice and early and didn't let it go um we then had more control of the ball when the system changed and when, and particularly when Judge came on. The red card put the game totally in our favor. And the key moments, as in the two Wolfen and clearances, the holy bounce and the deflection, the key moments kind of went, went our way. Have I got that right?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I think we deserved the win. I, I, barring the, the two foul-ups at the end. Um, and I think you're right. At the start, you kind of talked about the personnel. I don't think they had anyone as good as Rowe out wide. I don't think they had anyone as good as Downs in central midfield. Um, and Aikens and Boyce didn't really have a huge amount of threat about them either. So I think the combination of the tactical stuff you talked about, the luck going with us, systems being changed at the right time, but the personnel probably being a level above... And I think this might do for us. I think expect quite a few of these type performances. I, I, I think. Yeah, and
2: do you agree with my thing that you either win because you have better players or you're a better team? Um, I think Burton are probably better drilled than us and know their jobs. Mm. You know, they've done a whole season in league one, but it, I totally agree with your point. I think possibly we just had better players and thinking about rich, those two, the two big chances were wholly not quite getting across and, Akin's missing and um, not not that we're not that we're down on hold what I'm saying is they came from us came from us didn't they
3: yeah yeah exactly right um so yeah and yeah I don't know what to say I had a really really profound point there that I've forgotten Ben. but um, that'll be me talking
2: over the um the other person again won't it That's um shall we go to should we go to the twitter questions because I'm sure we can Mm. um summarize players and um whatnot because we'll probably get Probably get asked by, about them on the... on the. That was
3: it. I know there's a question about it. Don't worry. I think it's Mullet's question, which is a brilliant question.
2: Oh, there you go. All um, good. We'll see if that one comes up. How are we doing? 57 minutes. We won't yeah. do too many of these questions. Shall I, shall I scroll to the bottom or to the top? Um, Chris Hodges, is the lack of possession a concern for the forthcoming games?
3: Not if we counter-attack and not if we score early, which is what we did as well. I think that set the tone. We didn't do that against Cambridge and then struggled. Get the early goal, I don't think possession's a massive problem. But I think we'd all prefer us to manage the game a little bit better by keeping the ball. But if we're going to break and score on the counter, then it's less of a worry.
2: And I think if you, I don't know how quite how you get Hughes into that team yet, but if Hughes and or Judge in that team and if it's, if it's the extra man in midfield, I think the possession stats go up and when you're not playing away at Burton, who are a solid So It's that yep. it's that classic one, isn't it? Um what led five Live, this is Justin, to report Skews being sent off just before the forty minute.
3: There was a there was a Barney, wasn't there? There was another like Cambridge esque shoving match.
2: Oh and I think
3: one of their players got was it Quinny
2: got booked? No,
3: number four. That,
2: that would have been Edwards got booked. I thought, he was quite good, Edwards, wasn't he? Um with the with the top well, the man quite,
3: man, yeah. quite
2: neat and tidy on the ball, wasn't he? Yeah,
3: he took their set pieces as well. Yeah, um, I think I think that was what I think they thought skews had a part in that, but um, he was not set. We can confirm for the people watching at home <laughs> or listening at home, it wasn't enough.
2: Nick, R. was that press conference a big publicity stunt designed to create a different conversation away from finishing in the top two and thereby taking pressure off the team? Yeah, conspiracy Probably theory so.
3: Theory. Yeah, like that. Yeah.
2: Um, James Parker. And I don't think he's being facetious here. Are we the best team in League One on average? I assume he's talking about player for player.
3: With our injuries sorted out, yeah. I think we'll be up there.
2: That's worrying, isn't it? Um, Harry Marcham. Does Lambo need to turn down the comments around managing fans' expectation? Comes across a bit negative and, quite frankly, is a bit of a vibe killer.
3: I think some of the comments are going to be mild, mate, aren't they? And some people are going to be up for it and then galvanised and shout at Marcus Evans and what have you. And some people, all like me, will go, oh, don't need that language. Can you just yeah, keep your counsel a little bit? I think we'll get more of these guys. I think just try and keep a level head. Just
2: quickly, Rich, just talk to me about this chanting. And again, I believe in freedom of speech, so people can chant what they like. Um, Within but- reason. You know when you go and watch Leeds and they go Pablo Hernandez and then it turns into Kiko Casilla. Is Paul Evans? Uh, Paul Evans? Paul wow. Lambert. There you go. Paul <laughs> Evans. Did you play he play for Rotherham? Play? Brentford. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for bailing me out of that one. Is Paul <laughs> Lambert is a blue? He hates Norwich. And then this Marcus Evans is Marcus Evans is a Thing. not going to say it. See you next Tuesday. They, those two chants aren't going to join and that be chanted constantly, are they? Cause I,
3: I hope not. Yeah, I, I hope not
2: I don't I don't really see the positive in chanting that you're I, again I believe in freedom of speech but I guess that might class as hate speech Mike.
3: <laughs> yeah I, I, get, I think calling someone a C is probably not freedom of speech perhaps but yeah. look, I, I, it comes back to Lambert and, and kind of the PR campaign that he's on if he gets money out of it if it puts uh, Evans under a bit of pressure but then there'll be people I had someone on my Twitter account um, when I posted about Marcus Evans getting his checkbook out or you know Joking about with Jeff Fars about when Paul Hurst, uh, Paul bloody hell, Paul Lambert asked Evans for money. The reaction gifs or Paul, whatever. Paul McCarthy, <laughs> someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> he played for someone as well, didn't he? Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I there there are, there are equal, equally people who say, well, Evans puts in loads of money anyway, and do you want to be the next Bolton, Berry, Blackpool, or Coventry? Probably not. So there's two sides to it always. We are, as I think, a guy called Garin on Twitter as well has always said, Ipswich Town fan being split on something. Never heard of it. Who would have thought? You know, so there's always two sides to I it. I just don't want 5%.
2: that. You, you know, in in the same way the Leeds guys, it's now a double chant. Yeah. Pablo if and Tiki. I don't want it to because I love the Paul Lambert thing. I, you know, it's always nice to see a yep. fat fans chanting to. for the.
3: But if we win, managers. it won't matter, will it? I mean, this is it. If, yeah, if we get, yeah.
2: Um, Essex, rich. Surely Wolf should retain his place in defence once and siala is fit um how do you see the center halves here wilson wolf uh toto gonna be back later in august chambers gonna be back next week gonna be chambers and wolfenden next week although you do this on wednesday won't you
3: yeah i hope so yeah i think Wolfenden was excellent yesterday and i thought he was excellent when he last pre-season as well and blackburn on the opening day when he came off the bench who was the
2: Um, senior figure in that center half part two what was your read on who was calling the moves
3: it's an interesting one, isn't it? I once. Scoose didn't have a huge amount of the ball yesterday. It was one of those jobs for Scoose where he's just there to mop up. And I wonder whether he had a little bit of a direction role there. But Wolf oh, and okay. the boss assured, didn't he? Wilson, I think, still new to the club. I thought he was fine yesterday, fine. Wilson. Yeah.
2: I, I, like, um, and I, I like when I see players win clever free kicks, you know, and he did a. But do. both
3: of them good in the ball as well. I thought Wilson pinged a few early balls out wide as well. Wolfenden took the ball forward a few yards and ran with it as well. Um, so I'd like to see him start next week. I'd like to see him given a chance. If he doesn't do anything wrong, if we keep keeping clean sheets, um, you wouldn't change the team, would you, too much? But I, I don't want to gentle. ruin
2: your, son, your Wednesday show, but James Houston... Um, I don't know what I'd say to James Houston if there was a problem, but... Um, how likely do you think we are to play four four two against Sunderland next week? Just touch on that slightly and then do a yeah. bit more with Joe on Wednesday.
3: Not, I would, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I Personally, um, it's, a, it's a fair shout. Maybe you go with the winning team consistency and stuff, but I think Judge will probably be fit now enough to start. And I think if you're going with your strongest possible 11, I think you'd have Judge over Jackson, purely because I think Judge is the focal point for everything. And we're a little bit more dynamic keep the ball a little bit with, better with judging the team. So that would be the reason to ch- shift it around for me.
2: Quick one from me, um, because I'm hosting the show and I do what I want. And do what I'm, you want. I'm a renegade. I'm like Statman. Um, when will Hughes play 90 minutes?
3: <laughs> he needs to Next year? He needs to keep playing more and more sub minutes, doesn't he? Yeah.
2: But then we um, did that with Bishop really yeah. nicely last season, and then he's still injured now.
3: Isn't I hope October. He he looked decent Hughes yesterday. He looked decent at um, Notts County. I think he played most of the yeah. game. Notts County. Um, I, you forget what kind of player he is. He's he's one that can take the ball forward. He, there was a jinking run, didn't he, in the in the Rich, second half a, yesterday?
2: He's a good Championship player, let alone yeah. a good League One player. Yeah. Yep. Um, agreed. Jack Barham asks, who was the standout player? He says it was Rowe for him. Standout
3: player. Um, um, Rowe, yeah, I agree with that. Downs, though, for me. Downs for for the footballing side of the game. We know that he can do the grunty stuff. We know he can get his head in there when he needs to. Wink. Um, But I thought yesterday was great. Central midfield, so many times he just let the ball come across him and turn on it and started the ball out the other side. Um, I thought Downs was excellent yesterday.
2: Do you agree with with my um, pre-season comment? Downs is our number one centre midfielder now. It's Downs yep. and one or given Skews' later years um and might not play every minute and his fitness, Downs is the man, isn't he?
3: And as you said, he's probably got the most League One minutes in the team, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Um, Andy Nichols, happy with the win, but concerned about the future of Paul Lambert. Um well, I think I think we've covered that. That there is Yeah,
3: he might is, walk if he wants. If... He's, he's not got anything to lose. He's not an Ipswich guy, is he? So, yeah, he might walk if he doesn't like it.
2: Uh, Nick R, will judge, stay or go? Is that done now?
3: Um, it, I think someone else needs to come in for him rather than QPR, doesn't it? I think okay. that's the only way it would happen. Uh,
2: Benjamin R E first football game you ever attended? Can I do mine?
3: Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh,
2: was Ipswich nil, Wolves nil, 1989. But if I do the second one, was either Ripswich 1, Oldham 2, or Ripswich 0, Oldham 2. And Ian Marshall scored both the goals, and Oldham went up with Joe Royal. That was probably 19... Nice. Would that have been 91? 192? Well, nine... No, I they think... got promoted in 1991. I was in two Because they had all their cup run. They got to two cup semifinals in 89-90, but um, that was a bloody good team, that Joe Royal, Oldham hmm. team. Earl Barrett. John Holworth Mick in Milligan, goal. Rick Holden. yeah. yeah. Um, John, Hol- John Holworth in goal um Marshall up front. Remember big Roger Palmer as well.
3: No. Huge forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Joe royal Oldham. Team. Sorry, your first game. rich
3: Yeah, my first game was a 0-0 as well. It was um, Liverpool in the FA Cup at home? Oh 3B. wow. Was it January
2: 91 or 92? I think. Yeah.
3: Ian John Rush, at the Dean Saunders.
2: The
3: yeah. Yeah, and then we that was the one where we were, the replay was 3-2 at Anfield. Oh. So that's yeah, that was my first game. It's like, like
2: 20,000 Ipswich fans of that replay, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it was great. I I love the epic that's the Gavin number,
2: Johnson, that's
3: unstoppable. Uh, yeah, Stat and Dave love that one. Um, yeah, the lives behind the goal for the oh, second. That's for Jonathan, that's
2: great. That was my first game, Ben. Tommy um, Boy, seventy nine. How good was the wolf?
3: Yeah, good. Yeah, we talked about him. I'd um, happily see him continue in the team.
2: Uh Nate, um, will the win today encourage Evans to keep this no budget approach? Or will um Lambert's words in the press encourage Evans to spend a bit uh
3: we will see won't we we'll find out in the next few weeks the good thing is we've got a few more weeks of the window than the championship I think so Um,
2: can I can I play complete asshole devil's advocate is it not an argument that Marcus Evans can go look Look at that squad. Look at them. Look at the squad. Start with them. Look go at those get, injured players. <laughs> go and get promoted. Yeah. Is there an argument that you can't do that? I've already given you Hughes and Judge and Edwards and Sears. <laughs> and look Ed- at him.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they can help. him.
2: Should have awesome lost monsters.
3: yesterday. If you want more money, Lambert, you've got to lose matches what around the win. What is
2: wrong with him? It's a good name. <laughs> Toto Enciana. Start did you with see him. The, did you see the banner at Reading yesterday? Brilliant.
3: Yeah, I tweeted that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty.
2: Okay, here comes Mullet's question. Shall I ask it? It's a good question. It's a good yeah. question. It's a good question. Was the biggest positive, the depth from the bench? And I'll add to that, um, that's probably going to switch around, though. These guys will become first in place. Talking about Hughes coming on Judge and El Mizuni.
3: Yeah, I thought so, too. And I, um, was, um, was Dobber on the bench as well? I thought Dobber was probably a, maybe a better pick for the right side but Almazini is probably a bit more advanced yeah judge um certainly just settled us down Hughes also gave us a little bit more of attacking through I totally agree and it comes back to the the personnel on the pitch but off the bench we can change it as well so if we find ourselves chasing a game or nil nil for they'll be yeah get used to games being nil nil for about 70 minutes by the way guys um and girls and then us needing to do something different I think I quite agree that we've got the players firstly to settle things down but to change it you could bring Roe off the bench for a time couldn't you or Dobro or Mazzoni. um yeah I quite agree with that
2: um super friends asked about the Sunderland game we'll keep that till Wednesday um duh, duh, duh. <laughs> Adam um was both of your full-time responses yesterday to check championship scores realizing <laughs> it be Wednesday's win at Reading yeah, and wait for the next segment, Adam, where we're not going to talk about Forest, Derby, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, and we're going to talk about. Let's Lincoln, talk about
3: Rochdale. Come Tramere, on. Rochdale.
2: Rochdale. Um,
3: My first I, reaction, by the way, was to look at the Sky Sports app to find the video at about six o'clock when I was on the train home, and it wasn't there. Yeah. And then this morning I went to look for a match report, and there was about four paragraphs, and that wow. was it. So, um, yeah, well, maybe, maybe that no be one good cares. for our
2: for our content here hey um i'm gonna ask two questions in one here because harry asks are we getting a bit carried away and then the next tweet beautifully is glory days artwork saying if we get promoted should we have an open top bus parade (laughs) so um read into those two tweets what you i saw
3: harry's question it's an interesting one that isn't it i don't think there was a huge amount of getting carried away yesterday i think there was a lot of people just delighted that we've won a a game of football which we
2: couldn't we're competitive Rich, yeah, we haven't been exactly competitive right. for an entire year, and we go and win an away game. And at this point in time, we are competitive in this league. So as a football fan, I can turn up rather than just being, frankly, detached and watching and you know looking at my phone, thinking I can get into the actual competition rather mm. than rather than just be an observer. um
3: yeah, it be- And open top bus parade? No, not for League <laughs> One. Sorry.
2: Yeah, Dave. God, did you hear... Um, if
3: so, if, if, if we Dean get Smith to them in May, we have to ask a
2: question. We're like, no, we're Aston Villa. We don't do a parade for getting promoted to the Premier League. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. if we're Ipswich Town, yeah, maybe. Um, BJS73, um, Dazelle injury, which I think may be bull. Um, Lambo gets the Dazelle money. Would you sell or not? Well, let me let me give you a different question, Rich. Sorry, BJS. Um, I have to add the S there. I feel comfortable with saying BJ. <laughs> as
3: long as it's not BJS69 or something oh, like that as well.
2: well. You've got to right wider. there. What number would um, allow you to sell Dazelle then? And oh, bear in yeah. mind, take 2 million off for that to be Marcus Evans' number.
3: Yeah, at least we haven't got to give some money to Portsmouth or something like that. Yeah. Um, 5 million. Um, because we don't need to sell him, I don't think. Um and if it if it's to them lot up the road, then it should be an extra two million on top of that as well because they can afford it, and they just so it just feels to me like they can sign him, so they will. It's a prospective signing rather than them needing to put him in the first team because he'll be loaned out if he goes to Norwich. So basically, the from
2: that number, you're saying you wouldn't sell him then? Because no, one, no one's going to bid five million well, to a league one unless
3: we by need by. unless we've got a right back lined up who's. 2 million quid, let's say. And that would be a waste of money anyway. So one, I, yeah. we need a right back, I think, and maybe a striker. I think the most we'd need to spend for those two players at League One level to get what we need is probably a million quid for those two players. So why we've just got money in from Webster's sell-on, for goodness sake. So it just seems to me, unless Dazelle wants to play at a level above, um, hold out for more money.
2: Mm. Once I got offered a gig in in Middlesbrough and I didn't want to do it, so I quoted an exorbitantly high price and then they said they'd pay it. So then I did the gig.
3: Should have had another note on. How yeah, much how far so would they go?
2: That's what we need to do with Diesel, isn't it? I want
3: Benjamin Bloom, but I'm not gonna take no for an answer.
2: <laughs> well you're gonna pay for it. You really, um apologies to the people who didn't get their question read out, but what I will say now is um the shows are earlier recorded on Wednesday night as opposed to Thursday. So, Rich will do a shout-out for the questions on Wednesday. So, even um, resend the same question. And,
3: um, I might yes. even look at the Sunday thread and pluck some of the ones we haven't done as well. So.
2: Pluck. Pluck. Um, we're going to be very honest here, Richard, as we always are on the pod. We don't know very much about League One because we've been in the championship for 100 years. So, here comes the first round-up of the season. Um, we're not going to pretend we know stuff when we don't. So, we'll just um, go through. And I think Rich has done some notes. But early leaders... Uh Peterborough won Fleetwood uh three, despite Ooh. all of um all of the um nods towards Peterborough being your dark horse you you personally. You slagging off me personally. <laughs> what? Um Peterborough <laughs> lose to Fleetwood, Rich.
3: Yeah, well Fleetwood are a dark horse as well, aren't they? Um three signings with the goal for them. Goal Um <laughs> <laughs> That that was poorly t- that was a technical glitch, everyone. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah Fleetwood top of the league good for them Alan Ball (laughs) oh what a player Um, and Daddy Andrew free kick was it I think Um, that was a decent goal I think they're for the third Um, but Peterborough Peterborough weird aren't they they're like who are they like in the championship let's do that game
2: Derby.
3: Yeah, Derby. That's it. Flattered (laughs) to deceive. Derby, but
2: score loads more goals. yeah. Uh, Blackpool, two Bristol Rovers, nil. So, Blackpool up there to begin with. Lincoln, who are going to be a menace, I think, whatever league they're in with those Cowley fellas there. Lincoln, two. Accrington, nil. Um, National loses Bolton Wanderers with their minus 12 points and their no players go off to Wickham and lose 2-0. Richard, what date... Are Bolton gonna reach zero points? <laughs> are we yeah, all that. Sorry, I'm being very disingenuous, yeah. and we should not joke. Um, yeah. Should not joke about this because we want we want Bolton to reach zero points because there is that horrible scenario. But um, yeah, it sounds
3: I, like the takeover is getting closer, but it just keeps dragging on, doesn't it? And the longer it gets towards the transfer window, the more at risk they are. I three senior pros, well, one of them get relegated. Makes a mistake, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I think they might take them until maybe November, December, perhaps at best. Um, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah. Not, not good. Um, I mean, there's there's a theme here. We haven't gone through all of the games, but um, Lincoln certainly um, that game set pieces, bloody hell, goals from corners yesterday. No, really? Um, I don't know if you're going to talk about Wimbledon, Rotherham anytime soon. Three goals in that match, all from corners.
2: The, yeah, I had Tranmere. Um, Tranmere losing at home to Rochdale. Rochdale 3-0 up and nearly checking it away at the end. Um, Wimbledon 1, Rotherham 2. Oh, some
3: wrestling move by um, Hepburn Murphy in the Tranmere game, by the way. Oh, really? What uh, is they it? scored a, the a rock rock bottom, bottom or a
2: stone-cold stunner?
3: It's, it's a he grab. He a slam. Him, it's a Paul Ritchie from Bolton in the playoffs. Oh, okay. That's a slam then. But they've just scored Tranmere, and the, someone's grabbing the ball to run it back oh, to the centre so circle, tedious, and it kicks it? off, and then Hepburn Murphy drops him to the pitch. Very <laughs> stupid.
2: And the law says um, delaying the start of players the offence. So, um, you know, it's the other teams that just don't get involved. Silly football players. Uh, Wimbledon 1, Rotherham 2, you've mentioned. Rotherham will be good. And um, even in the championship, they were very good at getting a free kick five yards inside their own half and creating a goal-scoring opportunity out of it. Um, well,
3: they've sold, haven't they? But they've sold, um, it was Ludapo who scored two goals for them, 18 last season for... Look at me doing my research. Um, 18 goals for Plymouth last season in League One. He scored two yesterday. Looked bright and sharp. So, um, and they cashed
2: in on Ajayi and Volts yeah. as well, didn't they? Uh, Kov win. I assume that was at Birmingham, was it?
3: Also Birmingham, first game yeah. of Birmingham City, yeah. I mean we have to I'm gonna call this out every week. That's a travesty that's happened for a second time, and that's a bit of a disgrace. But well on good on Cov who've um a team that I am interested in, obviously living up here. They've sold four of their bright prospect players. Yeah. Um, Bayless is the most recent one He's gone to Preston Sunderland um, yeah, have signed a couple of them as well And Chaplin to Barnsley But a 1-0 win yesterday And Geordie Huulo is the person to look out for next Nice goal from Zane Wedderbrook. Westerbrook sorry, I'm okay. trying to read my handwriting I don't know this um, off the top of my head yeah, Shrews one
2: Pompey nil What everyone a goal tells, Everyone What's tells a goal. me um, Pompey are going to be amazing And Shrews beat him on the, on the first day
3: Yeah, great goal as well Have you seen it? No Have a look <laughs> What's the question?
2: This is when I'd normally be doing my prep, isn't it? Um my own fault. Uh Doncaster won, Gillingham won, Sunderland won, Oxford one. Um I'm sure you'll delve into that more on Wednesday. And See, sadly MK
3: season.
2: versus Berry postponed. So we have straight away in this division, we have Kov playing at Birmingham, we have two teams on minus twelve, and um Berry and MK haven't even started yet, so uh, yeah yeah um well in, a, in an attempt to try and keep the shows a bit shorter <laughs> we won't we do try, any fun and games here but hey um aaron, aaron a quarter in um so rich tell us what you what you're going to do on wednesday with reference to the Sunderland game
3: so yeah we haven't got a um um a midweek game to talk about so we'll um i'll get i think it's joe on with me on wednesday um so i'll get his views he he was watching that game from uh abroad from kazakhstan uh, yeah from kazakhstan. um with, so i'll get his Borat. take on his stuff i think we'll probably look at um we'll get his views on Wolverhampton. i think um but we'll probably take a look at Sunderland from last season and figure out why it didn't work out for them i've kind of alluded to it with the draws um but yeah we'll just get joe's take on things and um We'll ask more of those questions, I think, and um, anyone else that's got some. But maybe we'll kind of take a youth angle to it and get Joe's views on Wolfwind and Downs and Dobra and El Mazzini.
2: And you can decide once again what system we're going to play, which we're going to end up doing every game this season, yeah. can't we? Um, thank you very much for watching and listening. It's nice to be back on the flagship show. You can follow us at Blue Monday itfc this will come out on youtube and then audio should be out nice and early this week um bear with us while we figure out what we're doing with the preview show and how to balance this out any suggestions um tweet them to at blue monday itfc or i'm at benjamin bloom Richards is at it's rich, and remember, it is possible to make a suggestion without being a prick, isn't it? We will listen, <laughs> but don't be mean when you make a suggestion. You're about...
3: wrong, and I hate you for being wrong.
2: <laughs> do it this way, especially about Richard's um, intro music that I, that I think's lovely, Richard.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. The, It's remember, an excellent
2: theme tune.
3: Just remember that it took me ages to do it, and I actually, yeah. I, I actually did it. I mean, I didn't play all the instruments. Don't, not pretend that, but I did spend the time to do it. So. What you're slagging off potentially is someone's hard work and effort. Yeah. You may not like it, but it doesn't make it crap or bad. <laughs> Just different opinions. All welcome.
2: Oh, welcome. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure good. it out going through this season. The the, the, the the podcast is like the universe. It's constantly expanding <laughs> and, and evolving. Cops. And we'll find it. It's that... massive. <laughs> What's the song he plays on? Things can only get better. There you go.
3: Oh who, Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the message to leave the pod on, isn't it, surely? New
2: Labour, 97. <laughs> education, education. Britpop. Education. <laughs> if you want to be my lover. Well, it's not Britpop, isn't it? It's just Spice Girl girls. power. Yeah, give me their sales figures any day. Um, Richard, say goodbye.
3: Goodbye, everyone. See you on Wednesday.
2: Bye, everyone. See you next weekend.
1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much-needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant.